Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, one of the hosts for the longest-running Dynasty-focused podcast on the planet, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you an episode packed with relevant and actionable Dynasty information that you can use to help win your league. When I'm in the host chair, we might even play a game or two. We are always open to topic suggestions, so if there's something you'd like to hear us discuss, please let us know. Thanks for listening. Crossroads. My name's Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. I'm here as I am every week with Jake Anderson at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter. We at the Dynasty Crossroads um, like to talk about one player at a time. This week we're actually joined by a, a guest. One of the rare occasions where we actually bring a guest on. Uh, Michael Zingoni, FF Zinger on Twitter, is here to finally offer me some support on the uh, the metrics side uh, of this on-running conversation uh, between film and uh, analytics. And I'm glad to have you here, Mike. How are you doing? Yeah, good. How about you, Peter? Uh, excited to be on the Dynasty Crossroads. Um, definitely more probably on your side than Jake's side majority of the time. But, you know, I think uh, Jake has slowly convinced me about DK Metcalf over the past uh, few weeks. So I'm definitely willing to change sides. So we'll see where I'm at. I knew the there the was a reason we invited you on, Michael. It's been a great show. I hope we can have you back sometime. Yeah. Um, have a good night, guys. <laughs> don't do not do this to me, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> like, Jake's had tape guy after tape guy on the podcast trying to desperately is... make me uh, wrong and embarrassed consistently. I finally get an analytics guy on the show, and you're like, I, I agree with Jake. This is going... Uh, <laughs> this is hot. going perfectly, just, as, just how you imagined when you... Don't uh, act like I didn't brief Michael before this podcast. Don't ask, like, didn't bribe him before this podcast. I, did I say brief? I meant bribe, yes. That's that's the one. All right. And um, we're going to have to cut all that because we're a 30-minute long show. And that was, like, what, 10 minutes of uh, nothing? <laughs> we don't have a strict plan in the offseason. We usually talk about one player at a time. But we've been mixing it up, talking about several players at a time, talking about position. Last week, we just talked uh, about the combine in general because until the draft happens, it's really hard to narrow down individual player breakdowns um so the same is true with michael on here We've, and we also thought it might be um fun to do a mock draft and that requires i think more than two people because otherwise it's just two people reading names at each other and it, it, it doesn't really work as smoothly um and so mike can i call you mike is mike okay yeah. i've never heard you uh, i don't know if you guys before. are there yet i don't uh, know if you guys are there I, I don't know if we're that far along in our release no maybe, maybe towards the end <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, why uh, would you call him Mike when you can call him Zinger, anyways? That's true. That's, that's like true. yeah, it's got mi- like the coolest nickname last name you could ever have. So missed opportunity. If I I was thinking, um, I wanted to ask uh, Zinger 
um, about his draft pick matrix and also some of the things he's mentioned about tight ends because that came up recently um, on our last show. What is your draft pick matrix or is that even the name for it? I'm not even sure what you call it. Yeah, so I I would say that's a pretty apt name for it. Um, a, a lot of the work that I've been seeing on Twitter, both by you and a lot of other people in the community um, in relation to draft round and breakout age. Um, and of course, you know, you'd prefer a guy drafted in the first round to a guy in the second round or third round and, and so forth. Um, and, you know, naturally, you might presume that you'd want a player who broke out at 18 to a player who broke out at age 20 to one that broke out at age 22. So I was trying to figure out a way to compare, okay, what is the difference really between, let's say, a round one wide receiver who broke out at age 20 versus a round two wide receiver who broke out at age 18. Like, what is the comparative numerical difference there? Um, so what I did was basically I built a matrix of values where you've got your columns as uh, draft round and your rows as breakout age. And I ran through a bunch of regressions um, predicting your year one through three points per game that you have in your Google Sheets, Peter, which everyone should check out because they're free. And, you know, they're not the easiest to use, but Peter does a good job anyway. Um, but, but yeah, so I basically ran through that and, you know, came up with a matrix that compares like a, the situation that I said before. So I did find out that when you adjust for both breakout age and draft round in the same form, that a player who breaks out at age 21 drafted in round one is pretty much the same in terms of hit rate as a player who is breaking out at age 18 or 19 drafted in round two. So it, you can use it to compare uh, different players in different settings um, with different breakout ages and draft rounds. So I thought that was pretty useful. It had an R squared value of about 0.33 to year one through three points per game, which I thought was pretty good overall. Um, I don't really like to make super complicated formulas, super complicated um, like weightings and everything. So this was really simple and really to the point, pretty easy to understand and contextualize, and did a pretty good job. So that was some work I did on that. Can I ask you, is there a point at which like a late breakout, a player that broke out later in college, is there a point at which um, lower draft capital is better than higher draft capital? So the way that I ran through the correlations, I basically did what in Excel is a goal seek to get the proper weightings for, you know, how much I discount draft round, how much I discount breakout age. And very unsurprisingly, um, draft round was discounted every single time. So there was a pretty big drop off from round one to round two to round two to round three and so forth. Um, but actually what I found was, and there wasn't, a ton of data in each bucket so take it with a grain of salt but round 20 or breakout age 22 um, actually wasn't as bad as I thought it would be and in round one for breakout age 22 you actually have guys like Calvin Benjamin Javon Walker Rod Gardner who are true throwbacks at the position but I looked at their statistics over the first three years and all of them produced pretty well um, but they also all tended to break out or sorry, to fall off their cliff at like season four or five, um, which was a pretty good indication that perhaps those players would be good to 
get on your teams early on and then ship off after the first two or three years. Um, so that was an interesting conclusion that I found. Oh, I did. I think it's I think it's super interesting. I got a little bit cut off there because my my daughter woke up again and came and bothered me. So I, I think I missed a little bit of it there. But um, did any uh, players stick out to you as far as far as when you built that matrix? Yeah. So for the 2019 class, um, the players that the matrix really likes are your boy DK Metcalf. Um, who broke out at age 19 and will almost assuredly go in round one. Um, that has the highest hit rate uh, of points per game of any combination. Um, you've got guys like Odell Beckham Jr., Michael Crabtree, Jeremy Macklin, all in that same bucket, uh, which is really good to see. It's a really good indication on DK's profile from a statistical standpoint. That was F.S. Zinger. He won't be back on the show ever again. Uh <laughs> No, it was a solid try. I knew Peter wouldn't like that, and so you know I gotta be on both sides of the equation, Peter. I gotta, I gotta give DK love where he deserves this it. This isn't fair. You bring film guys on, they're like, "Yeah, Jake, Jake." You bring an analytics guy on, they're objective, they're unbiased. This is this is not good for the brand. Is there anyone else it really liked or didn't like for that matter? Yeah, actually, Peter, it really likes your boy Andy Isabella too, who broke out at age nineteen, will potentially go in round two or three of the NFL draft. Um, that kind of player has the same impact as someone who you know broke out potentially at a later age. So let's say Isabella gets drafted in round three, um, and Debo Samuel, for example, who broke out at a later age, gets drafted in round two. I would say that those players have very similar chances of success, um, despite Andy Isabella potentially being drafted around later. I think that's interesting. I like the fact you're looking at impact rather than simply looking at breakout, like... Um... I've seen it before, so I'm not sure if it translates as well to audio, but essentially what you're looking at is a grid, color-coded grid with green to red squares, and it tells you where you'd rather have a player drafted, essentially. The greener it is, the better it is. And um, I did a similar thing in an article last year, and we've actually had a request redo that, which is my first request ever, so... Uh, I'm pretty happy with that, and I'm I'm planning to use um, Zinger's. I'm planning to use Zinger's matrix to try and um, improve it. So I especially like the fact you're looking at longer term impact. As far as you you discussed Isabella and DK, were there any like sleeper guys that maybe surprised you as far as standing out on that um, positively? Yeah, Jake. So while he's not necessarily a sleeper per se, I know he's not a sleeper in my rankings. I have him up pretty high, but he's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle with the NFL Combine, mostly because he didn't participate, is J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Here's a guy who broke out at age 19, um, really good producer in college. I know I use Peter's um, linear estimation of college production by year, um, and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside was pretty much on the trend line of productive NFL wide receivers every single season he was in college. So his profile is really, really good, and he's a guy that should go in round two or three of the NFL draft. And with his breakout age, according to the Matrix of 19, you know he can get drafted in round three or four and have a similar success uh, prediction than potentially a guy who broke out later but was drafted a round or two higher. Um, so you can use a similar example of him and Andy Isabella. Um, right. Both of those guys kind of have similar profiles. And if Andy Isabella is jumping our Sega Whiteside across the board um, in a lot of these post-combine rookie mock drafts, which who knows if he will later in our show. But you know that's a guy that you could get with a very similar 
uh, profile at this stage of interesting. Interesting. I have a question. I have a question for both of you guys. Um, I know um, JJ. I'm just gonna just gonna call him JJ AW. Um, <laughs> just so I don't mess up his name. Uh, how, how? Like obviously, obviously, I think people understand what market share is. Um, how how does that weight touchdown production? Because I I know that's you know he killed it in the red zone, and that's really kind of how he profiles to the NFL. I guess I haven't watched as much on him as I as I'd like to, but I from what I've seen, like he is an absolute red zone monster. He's a great. Uh, he boxes out really well. He's great in the red zone. Um, I don't know what he's going to be outside of that part of the field. Like if he's going to be um, getting enough volume outside of the the probably the the red zone. But how does that weight into your guys's model? I don't know about um, Michael. I'm just going to call you Michael. I can't do cool nicknames. I can't. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) But I focus mostly on receiving yards, mainly because I find, well, from what we know about touchdowns in the NFL, they're mostly noisy and random. Now, in college, I think it's fair to say that great players are going to have more impact in the red zone, and so there is some signal there, like... Um, college dominator takes into account touchdowns as well as receiving yards but I found a lot of value in focusing on receiving yards so, like there are some notable names that haven't brought up enough tr- enough of a trend to ignore touchdowns but that make me wonder if there's even more value in it than predictive um, R squared for example can currently tell us like um, Devontae Parker, Josh Doxon these are players who got a large portion of the production in the red zone in college and that's just kind of a orange flag, maybe, suggesting that players who do it majoritively through touchdowns aren't perhaps as good or don't translate as well into the NFL. So when I'm looking at touchdown share and relating it to yardage share as well, um, I like to kind of think back to uh, a study I did while not on college players, but on one specific NFL player, um, Devontae Adams, last offseason. Uh, a lot of what Devonte Adams was receiving heat for was, you know, low yards per reception. Um, you know, he wasn't a big play guy, but he was too touchdown dependent. Um, you know, scoring a lot of his fantasy points through touchdowns. But when I did a deeper dive into his profile at the NFL level, um, you can really kind of understand market share of yardage and market share of receptions a little bit better uh, if you take into account. Um, touchdown rates because and specifically red zone usage rates because naturally those players that are used predominantly in those areas of the field don't have the possibility to break one 50 or 60 yards to increase that that market share um they're mostly going to see 10 15 yard catches that if they go for touchdowns that's great but that was also the maximum potential amount of yards they could have received so it's when you're looking at low market share guys who have a lot of touchdowns, that's one way to rationalize it is that if they were used predominantly in the red zone, um, you wouldn't expect that market share to be really high, but you would expect the touchdown share to be really high. So that could be a guy like J.J. Arcega-Whiteside where you know, he could be used all over the field. Um, and if he's used more between the 20s, I think he could really excel there. But you wouldn't really expect, given his usage in college, his yardage share to be super high because he was used predominantly in the red zone. 
if that if that logic makes sense. Yeah, and to your point, in college, Whiteside had like a 48% touchdown share in his final year at age 21, and um, Devontae Adams had a 49% touchdown share in his uh, age 20 season, which was his last season. So there are enough Devontae Adamses that I can't say that touchdowns are bad, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's, that's my question, and it, I think it's... And I like Devontae Adams coming out of Fresno State quite a bit. Um, it's just, you know, it's the old adage, and we've been hearing it a lot, that um, worse QBs, you know, they're a little more tentative to throw into tighter coverage. You know, those 50-50 contested catch balls. And, you know, I think Devontae Adams obviously might not be quite as skilled as the other elite wide receivers in the league, but having Aaron Rodgers there, you know, really Maybe. allows him to unlock that capability that's that's a big strength in his game so that's without the really the testing numbers that we'd like to see out of jj um you know i I think landing spot could be dependent there you know like i think i have a feeling like he's not going to test out of the gym like i think he's a a good athlete um but you know he's a really big dude so i wouldn't imagine he's going to test off the charts either um, so I think, you know, a situation where if he doesn't go to a great landing spot, I don't know if he's going to be able to overcome that. Yeah. Wh- one of the reasons why I like keeping my prospect models really simple is that I think the biggest impact the combine has is its effect on draft capital. And I think you can see yeah. a lot of that and, you know, guys raising their stock or lowering their stock, um, which is why I don't really put too much attention on one particular drill, especially for wide receivers. Um, at the end of the day it's just did they help themselves are they going to get into round two preferably Um, but if not round two definitely round three because once you get into day three wide receivers like your hit rate is any position really right i mean for the most part yeah and even then like we got to do an episode we did one on the combine i want to do on draft capital maybe uh maybe michael will come back for that like this has turned into the jj or sega whiteside dynasty crossroads (laughs) as is so (laughs) we should move to our rookie draft okay um, who wants to go first, second, or third? I've got it. Like Mike, I think we Jake, we have me. to give yeah. I think we have to give Michael the the number one. I'll take three. Peter, why don't you take two? And let's let's do uh, yeah. I think we do super flex tight end premium um, PPR. So quarterbacks have value. That's really the only way any of us are drafting quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, I feel I didn't really feel like waiting until round three to talk about Kyler yeah. Murray and Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> and I think round he deserves, seven. I think he deserves <laughs> to be talked about earlier. You know. All right, uh, Mike, why don't you kick us off? Um, I think this might be even a bit of a surprise in a superflex league uh, at the number one spot, but I'm still going to take Nikhil Harry. Uh, I know he's not a quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, I know Jake is uh, disappointed with that pick already, but he might get his own guy. Peter's Peter's the most disappointed in that. Yeah, because he's not getting him at two now. <laughs> I was wondering if I could kick like the guest out of the one hundred and one. <laughs> like, is there a way I could do that? And uh... but um, yeah, so Nikhil Harry. Uh, obviously, I know you guys have talked a lot about him, but I think he's a, a really interesting prospect in that I think he represents one of the highest floors in the class, paired with one of the highest ceilings. Um, he's definitely got that elite upside to catch 80 to 100 balls a season. Um, I think he can play all over the place, and he's just a really, really solid prospect that checks a lot of boxes. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see Peter's picks. I really cool. Oh, yeah, let's, let's, let's keep him moving. Next. Yeah, I'm gonna You're take. Up. I'm gonna take Kyle Murray with a second pick. Damn it. Yep. I really didn't think you'd go there. I thought I thought that was gonna be a little more interesting. It would have made my decision a little bit more difficult. 
I would have taken Kyler Murray at three if you didn't. I think this is this is a tricky one for me here, but I'm going to stick to Brandon. I'll take DK Metcalf here. It wasn't tricky at all, was it? I it was tricky. It, I already have it written down. Listen, listen. I also I am, already do, I am documented of saying that there was two other players ahead of DK Metcalf in this class pre-combine. So, all right, Zinger. Zinger, you're back on the clock. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with A.J. Brown. At the fourth slot, um, he had my number two player in in one QB and my number three in Superflex. So good value pick here for me. And uh, now I'm stuck. I told you I don't know. I have this many players that I want to draft. <laughs> I've taken a quarterback. I, I still think the players that I want, you're all going to let me get later. So I'm actually going to take David yeah. Montgomery. Okay. Interesting. I know everyone hated his combine. I just in a class with rough running backs. Until we know what Jacobs does athletically, and obviously in the draft, I think David David Montgomery is still my RB one. Um, but I think you know I talked about when we discussed Jacobs and Montgomery on an episode that Jacobs was closing the gap on Montgomery, and I think that's even more so now. Um, so that's going to be my second pick at the one hundred six. I am going to take Josh Jacobs. All right, back to Zinger. Wow, you guys have taken all the top players on my board. Um, I am going to uh, go back to the quarterback position here and take Dwayne Haskins um, as my QB. He is my QB two in this draft right now, um, behind Kyler Murray. Uh, the, I thought he might go to the Giants, Haskins, and that landing spot was a lot better as of 72 hours ago. Um, but I still think he could go to a good location and and be a solid quarterback in the future. That's a surprise. Um, are you excited to take that? That's a surprise to me anyway. Are you excited to take him, or is it just process of elimination of that 107? That's a that's a pretty clear tier drop for me um, after Josh Jacobs in my in my rankings. Is he included in that tier, or is he the next guy? He's the next guy in, in the start of the next tier. All right. Yep. Peter's on the clock. All right. Uh, I'm going to... Since I'm so off-brand, I'm going to go back to brand here and just take uh, Kelvin Harmon. Thank you. This is this is, this gets a little bit tricky for me. Um, I'm going to take Hakeem Butler here. I, I know I'm not as high as some people are, but I think at 108, that's a that's a good spot for him. I think 108 is going to be a big surprise <laughs> for anyone listening to our draft. Like, what are these guys doing? But uh, yeah, even there, I can I say you're probably higher on him than I am, Michael. You're at the 110 spot, or you can trash Jake for his pick. It's really up to you. <laughs> I don't know. I could spend five minutes trashing uh, Jake's pick just generally, but no. I do like Akeem Butler. I think that's good value there. He would have been my next pick as well. Um, I hate you both. Yep, as usual. <laughs> you know, we were talking before the draft how you know we might have a lot of different picks because this class is so polarizing, but we're, we're pretty in stride right now with what I got. Um, anyway, I'm going to go with uh, Damian Harris with my next pick, which might be a little bit of a surprise in this draft. Um, I think he tested really well um, for what I expected. Uh, he he has solid comps to guys like Joseph Adai, um, some more like you know explosive athletes, and he's a, a three-year producer um, at a high level at a really solid school. Um, and I think he will go in round two or three of the NFL draft, so hopefully a good situation and. I think he can, he can make his mark. Yeah, I mean he he was um, he was a guy I was I you know I played a little bit of Devi, so he was a guy that I thought was a little bit overrated in Devi circles. He tested definitely better than I thought he would. 
Uh, I do question his pass catching upside. Um, I mean, I think his absolute ceiling, which I don't think he's even this good because Mark Ingram did catch like over 50 balls two years ago. Um, is his pass catching upside? I'm assuming it's a running back because I don't know his name. <laughs> Just joking. Yeah, um, it is a bit of a surprise. I'm gonna jump in here and do what I think is gonna happen in a lot of drafts with this. It's kind of a take your shot class. If it was my draft, I'd probably take Hawkinson. But since we're kind of doing a, a rankings draft here, I'm gonna ho- go ahead and take Fant. Perfect. Um, God, this 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 pick is really tricky for me. I'm really stuck between two players. I know one of them's not going to make it back to me. Yeah, I'm going to take TJ Hawkinson here. Um, tight end premium sealed the deal for me. If it wasn't, I would have went a different way. Yeah, Michael, back on the clock, dude. Cool. Where um, are we at? We're at 201? 201. Right, 201. Second round. Wow, second round pick. I'm going to go with uh, probably one of the bigger risers in the yep. last couple weeks uh, and take Miles Sanders. Damn it. That was the guy. Um, that damn was it. the guy yep. I was going to take. Yep. So. That's what I figured you were going yep. with, Jake. Um, yep. Yeah, he's. I have to say a whole lot about him. I've liked him for a while. He's been my RB4 for, for quite some time. Um, I, do want, I do just want to say one thing about him before we move on is that I know a lot of people are hyping him up because – he did test extremely well at the combine. Like he is an 80th percentile yeah, athlete, <laughs> like did all the drills really well, but he did come in probably about six or seven pounds under what I expected him to come in at. Um, so the reason why I say that is I think he, he, he's going to be a, a very good back in the league. Like I think he is one of the safer picks, I think um, at running back in this class, especially as we get into these next few guys. Um, but I do think that his athletic testing needs to be taken with a grain of salt because, one, we expected it, and, two, he came in a little bit underweight. Um, so not to bump him up too, too much because, you know, if he drops weight for the combine, tests really well, tries to add a few more pounds for the NFL, um, we don't really know how that might translate. So just a slight word of caution with Miles Sanders. I mean, I think uh, obviously tight end premium might affect this a little bit. Um Honestly, I don't think he's risen all that much, you know. I mean, if he goes in 201 in a super flex tight end premium, like I guess that's a little bit later than maybe he would go, obviously, in a 1QB non-tight end premium. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, th- I don't think that's a reach. I, I know we did our DLF rookie mocks. Um, I think one of the first ones of the season was probably a month or six weeks ago, maybe. And I took him at 205 or 206, and I thought that was a good spot for him. So I don't, I don't think – I don't think he's risen to the point where it's been like, oh, the combine like rose him up way too much. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah, I think I think if he starts to creep into that top top six ish range yeah. where you've still got like Kelvin Harmon and sure. uh and those guys on the board, I think that that'll be a bit too high for me. But a good value here, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um in the first round, the only real running backs I've got, I do have Jacobs on my mind because he's so popular. We've talked about him before and my problems with him, but the draft is probably going to take care of a lot of those problems. But Miles Sanders and uh, also another guy I'm not going to mention, and David Montgomery um, are probably the only ones that really tempt me in the first round right now. So um, I, I think Sanders going in the second round is really interesting if he starts going there. Um but anyway, I, I think you're just gonna, you guys are gonna keep just letting me take the wide receivers I want to take. <laughs> so uh, I, I really feel under no pressure to take wide receivers, which is not not how I normally feel in dress. <laughs> Having said that, um, we do have one FF Zinger in here, and he is a sniper, or so I've heard. So I'm gonna take Andy Isabella right here. Okay. 
I did consider yeah, sniping not, you there, by the way, because I knew you'd just, want him. Yeah, I, I figured. I'm just not. I'm not risking it. Another. Yep. <laughs> another two picks. Um, Jake, you're up. Perfect. Yeah, this is another tricky one for me. There's a few guys here um, that I think are really interesting. Um, I'm gonna go upside here, even though I, I kind of don't want to do that. There's two other guys that I think I probably actually like more. But I think value-wise presents pretty good. I think he's you know, a really polarizing player. He's a really flashy player that I have questions about, but a lot of people are super high on. I'm going to take Daryl Henderson here at uh, 203. I like that pick. Cool. I think that's about the range where I, like, I don't mind the risk there. Yeah. His college production is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, just from a film standpoint, the holes he had were – so big i have big questions about him running in between the tackles but all right that puts you uh back on the clock mr zing yep um so given that it's super flex and i would not touch this guy if it wasn't uh i'm going to take <laughs> drew lock um because i think that he goes top 15 in the nfl draft um whether or not i agree with that is another mm-hmm. point but sure quarterbacks who get drafted that high are given opportunity and it's a super flex league so opportunity is going to matter and you're going to be able to get a return for him even if you don't believe in him so i think that's good value at this pick for a player i don't necessarily believe in long term but could get you a few years and a value flip yeah it's not bad now i would say he's going six with the new york giants but with a mega movement uh maybe not i don't know uh yeah six they have the six there is there is talk about rosen getting traded there finally finally but man why couldn't they just trade for rosen and keep obj that that's that's the thing i think i think evan silver as he normally is has got this locked in they're not doing anything that makes sense they are honestly trying to make eli great again um that's the only the only way i can make sense of this i mean i know we're doing a draft here but michael um Jake, do you have any other way of making sense of like um, trading for Golden Tate just happened? No. And and I and I remember. I wish I remember who said it to JJ Zacharyson, but it was last. It was last. It was sometime during the season. I can't even remember who they were talking about, but it was basically JJ's like, "Well, this makes sense. Why wouldn't they do this?" And it was like, "Listen, stop trying to make sense out of." decision makers that don't make any (laughs) so i think you just gotta at some point just drop it and realize that this is a very dysfunctional organization coming from the top and there's no there's i mean you just can't really wrap your head around it It just doesn't make sense so i don't think it's really worth the time to really try to break it down honestly i think trading to the browns is so fitting one seriously like the projections just like jumped off the chart the minute you implant Odell Beckham onto a team um but like it's the reverse the Browns are becoming good and Giants are becoming the new Browns and they're doing it intentionally like they're intentionally uh, it's crazy but I'm back on the clock so I'm gonna shut the (laughs) hell up um I'm going to go ahead and take um, Keyshawn uh, Johnson. I really like him. He's very productive in college. And I just think he's like Whiteside. He's getting a little forgotten um, with the conversation about running backs so Mm -hmm. much. And the fact he ran a 4-6, I think, has scared a lot of people off. That's interesting. Jake? Perfect. Um, There's there's a couple running backs I really like here. There's also three wide receivers that I'm very interested in here. I think one of the – obviously one of the – 
uh, wide receivers is going to fall back to me. So I'm going to go with my favorite running back here. And I'm, I'm counting on health, and I'm counting on draft capital. But I think Rodney Anderson was a, would have been my clear-cut RB3 if he would have stayed healthy and productive um, this past year at Oklahoma. Um, really well-rounded back, good runner, phenomenal pass catcher. And I think he's the most underrated um, pass catcher in this class as far as, like, uh, a guy that's built like that, you know, a traditional uh, over six foot, two hundred twenty pound back. So um, I'm going to take Rodney Anderson here. I think that's a fairly uh, good pick. Um, yeah, fairly good pick. No, I think that's good. Presents a lot of upside at this point in the draft. A lot of upside, yeah. And that puts you back on the clock, Zinger, um, Michael. I, I'm never going to decide which <laughs> name to call you. you. It's like you have five different guests on. Really, that's okay. We do. We really do. <laughs> it's actually five um, people. Yeah, really. I'm going to go with the guy we talked about much of the episode. Um, yep. don't really need yep. to give a whole lot of other thoughts on him at this point, um, but I do like him, especially at this range in the draft, and that's uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. I saw that one coming. I was going between. If you if you had picked him, I would have taken Anderson. So you guys, perfect. we were in, uh, in lockdown. Snipes. There. Snipes after yeah. snipes. All right, Peter. I'm on the clock. Um, who did you take? <laughs> Not that I disappeared for five minutes. JJ or Sega Whiteside. JJ. All right, uh, back on the clock. And yeah, they just. I'm thinking of maybe making um, Zach from the Dynasty Dummies happy and grabbing one of his guys. I know who this is. Um, I'll take Greg Gorch. Just where I went QB and tight end and running back in the first round, I'm feeling pretty comfortable taking my wide receiver shots. Yeah, that's where I'm going. I know know there's been a lot of talk. Like, he came in at, like, what, 5'7? Yeah, he's smaller yeah, than tiny. He's like smaller than Marquise Brown, I think. You know who else is tiny? <laughs> no, no, worse, no call and response here. No, <laughs> fine, no. fine. Jake, you're on the clock. <laughs> All right, two of the wide receivers that I want are still there, and obviously that other running back I'm interested in is here. Um, I'm going to take Debo Samuel. He was another guy that I thought was a little bit overhyped in Devi circles um, the past few years. Um, had some health concerns, didn't stay healthy his whole collegiate career, but I think he's a Randall Cobb type of player um, if he can stay healthy in a decent situation. So I will take Debo Samuel there. All right. That puts you on the clock at uh, 210. Yeah. Michael. Cool. So with my next pick, I will take probably another guy who's been rising up draft boards recently, probably specifically the NFL draft. So if he winds up going in the first round of the NFL draft, this will certainly look like a steal. So I'm going to grab Paris Campbell. Yep. Um, he tested out athletically, obviously, through the charts. So if that translates into draft capital, I'm all on board. Yeah, that Zach Reed is very happy with you right now. That was not the guy I was thinking of. Oh, really? <laughs> and no, no. I, that no. <laughs> no. Oh. I don't think I'll ever... T- what do you like about... Campbell. Really, my my answer would just be that NFL teams like him. I like the Dante Pettises of this class. They're just the players I don't take shots on. But um, it's back on me, isn't it? And I'm going to get to take another guy I want. I'm torn here because the guy they ain't going to put in my second round everywhere that's going to make, hopefully, lots of people say I'm stupid and crazy and we'll get lots of fun tilting going. Is Ashlyn Doolin? Ooh-wee. I'm thinking, I've got time. I'm on the clock. Yeah, you're on the, the clock. Pressure me. Yeah, what the hell, I'll just take him. Because you work for Player Profiler. <laughs> That's probably what it yeah, is. Matt Kelly loves him. <laughs> he should. He's awesome. Uh, that puts Jake back on the clock. Okay. Uh, again, the third wide receiver. Oh, man, this is tough because I was sleeping on the guy that I think should have gone already. But I'm going to take an upside shot here again. And hopefully health and again is going to work out for his benefit. 
Um, a guy that probably would have went in the early second. I will take Hollywood Marquise Brown right here. I think that's already more time spent on Hollywood Brown than should be spent on Hollywood Brown. So <laughs> go ahead, Michael. So this is the, the third round. Third yeah. Round. Let's keep it going. Um, so because tight end premium, um, I ah, don't think this guy you. should have necessarily fallen this far, um, considering Ooh. he's kind of in in that upper tier um, in, for some people. But I'm yeah. gonna go with Irv Smith. This is why I keep saying, yeah. as much as I love Fant and I really like T.J. Hawkinson, and honestly, I've been a little bit lower than Irv Smith than I think some people are. Um, this is the whole point of just taking the cheapest of the bunch because we saw Fant go at like 111, and all of a sudden you got Irv Smith around later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it's a great uh... pick. I don't know if this is going to be a surprise or not. The guy I'm going to take here... Is... I think I know who you're thinking of, and I'm kind of pissed because I was hoping to get him later. You bastard. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take James Williams. If we're going to talk about translating to the NFL and likelihood in the third round, I don't think there's any clearer pick in this draft class. That... Yeah, he could be a great, great PPR player. And in the age of James White, even Austin Eckler who you could pick up in the third round last year pretty well. I, I love that pick. I honestly think he's going to be one of the steals of this draft. Um, but I also think you're going to actually get him later than that, um, which makes his value really incredible. Like, I thought I'd get him late third. Um, but that does leave a player that I'm really excited about getting here at this point. After a stellar combine, a guy that I liked a lot, who I was afraid that would climb too far for me to actually like him anymore. Um, and I posted a thread on him last week. I am going to take Justice Hill here. Yeah, it's a good one. And it's a snipe. <laughs> nice. Uh, actually, the running backs are definitely falling too far uh, compared to most drafts, I think. Justice um, Hill's going to go earlier than that in most. Yeah, I would think so. Do you think, am I wrong on that? I really think. Yeah. I mean, super flex and tight end premium definitely have a little something to do with that. But, yeah. Got a, got a steal there. Yeah. I like it. allow it. What have you got, Zinger? Impressive. Where are we at yeah. here? Are we at uh, 307? We're at 304. 304. That's it. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, obviously I'm a big part of this mock draft, a third of it, but I still didn't expect this guy to fall as far as he did. Um, I'll take Travion Williams. You son of a... That's like three times in a... De- He's not allowed on the show, Jake. <laughs> no, that's a really good pick. Um, and just to follow it up, I'm going to take... Um, there's a lot of running backs left because we've been drafting them late here, but I'll take Madison. Damn it. On the, you on son of a bitch. Jake is going to... son of a bitch. <laughs> oh. I'm so... I'm so... <laughs> you know what's funny? He's ranked 50th on DLF rankings, and he wasn't even in the system for our rookie mock drafts on MFL. And I, I reached out to Ryan, and I was like, is Madison even in the system? He's like, no. I was like, oh, because there was a bunch of times in the third round that I wanted to take him, and I didn't, like, go through the draft report. So I was just assuming he already went. But he wasn't even in the database. Right. Like This guy unbelievably being slept on. It's it's really crazy to me. Like, I'm, I'm very shook right now. <laughs> I'm super upset with Peter. You're welcome. This is one of my favorite guys. Can't have him. He's mine. So well-rounded. You should shut up right now. <laughs> um, God damn I love you. this episode. 
so upset. I feel so satisfied right now. I have nothing more to add about Madison that Jake didn't say. All right, all right. I'll take a. I'll take another running back here. That I, again, I'm worried about draft capital. I'm. I was lower on him, a little bit lower on him than I think a lot of people were. But at this point, in the mid third, I'll take a shot on Devin Singletary. Here. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I was when I was looking for running backs, I was like, eh. I like the player. I I thought his testing was really bad, worse than it should have been. Yeah. But if he gets drafted in the first four to five rounds, I'm okay. This late. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I'm actually going to throw the name I haven't mentioned before, and I've really got to spend some more time looking at But for that article series, I just wrote for DLF. A surprising name came up in like the most likely category that I didn't even know about. Like With that series, I kind of wrote it. I learned about it as I wrote it. I, I really did write it. It, it, the tone of it isn't a lie like what let's see what happened in this class this class i i didn't already know the answer i thought that'd be a more interesting way to write it and the name that came up that i was surprised about was uh keelan dross keelan dross um based on his college production he was actually um in, in a fairly elite group um non-cfb player but Fairly good height, fairly good weight, and really good production later in his career, but it was really high, like a 30% market share at 20, 36 at 21, and 31 at 22. Um, yeah, he's a guy that, that you've mentioned a few times that I've been meaning to put the tape on, and I just haven't gotten around to it. I, I don't really even like him in the third round. I think there's some other shots, but since we're doing a three-round draft, I just... Well, you're not on the clock yet, so let's get Zinger's pick in here. <laughs> We know who Peter's taking next. You weren't going to take him, so let's <laughs> let's get Zinger's pick, and then we can skip to my pick because we know Peter's taking Keelan Doss here. Yeah, don't worry. It's okay. Um, I'm going to go with uh, another quarterback here in Daniel Jones, who uh, will very likely go in round two-ish of the NFL draft, I think, so might be getting a starting gig yeah he's a guy he's a guy that i have not watched i think he's a little bit polarizing some people think he's good some people think he's absolutely atrocious so i need to do some work on daniel jones um i am back on the clock what pick is this uh 309 okay so i got one more after this perfect um i'm gonna take emmanuel hall another combine superhero uh speed demon lacks a little bit of um route running ability but Makes up for it in, in spades with that broad jump we saw in that 40 time. Um, could be a really good deep threat in the league. So I'll take Emmanuel Hall here. Zinger. Well, this is my last pick of the mock. Um, so I got to make a count. Uh, <laughs> maybe this won't actually make a count. But I'm going to go with Demarcus Lodge. Um, and the primary reason why I think Lodge is a good later round pick is because he's kind of the you know that third fiddle uh, in that almost offense. And he really had to compete with some strong players, obviously, in A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. And he had games where he was the dominating receiver. So, you know, if he can if he can even win games playing playing with D.K. Metcalf and A.J. Brown. No, he's, he, for me, he's a physical specimen that, that translates to the NFL really well. Um, you know, he was a, he was a hyped-up Debbie guy coming out of high school. You know, so, I mean, his name has some weight in Debbie circles for sure. And I know um, Brad Kelly is a huge fan of DeMarcus Lodge. Um, you know, former wide receiver, works for the Draft Network, does some really good film work, um, prospect breakdown. So I think I have no problem with that pick there. 
Cool. That puts me back on the clock, right? Not jump in the queue yep. again. Last pick. Last pick. Make it count. I have you going again after me. Last, My last your last pick. pick. All right. I'll just say that. <laughs> That's what I <laughs> Yeah, Jake gets to pick Mr. Irrelevant. I'm going to trade back in, actually. <laughs> I will take your 2021st. <laughs> oh, for the 311? Yeah, let's, let's do it. <laughs> I need this guy. I'm just going to take Bryce Love. All right. Um... This is, I mean, I'm I'm kind of excited about this this pick, even though it might turn out to be absolutely nothing. But it is funny, you know, Benny Snell, yeah, not making it in the first three rounds. Um, Combine really. Miles Gaskin, Mike Weber, not making it in the first three rounds. Um, Alex Barnes, not making it in the first three rounds. I thought about um, Barnes to be fair. Throw his name yeah, in. I mean, I thought honestly, I'm kind of proud of us. Um, but I'm going to take Will Greer here. Ah, I thought um, you might, yeah. Yeah, I was um, thinking of Greer. I was also really tempted by Barnes, just because I think he's going to go higher than this. Um, there are too many good people mentioning his name, and then he killed the combine. Yeah. Any picks that you want to go back to here that someone else made and maybe talk about? Not really. I mean, honestly, I wasn't super upset about I didn't think there was a ton of reaches here. Um, I think there was a lot of sniping going on, which will happen in a three-man draft. Yeah. But um, overall, I think, I, think that, I think that went pretty well. Obviously, I think Peter played his role where um, he's going to go get his guys. I don't think some of his picks were, um, you know, he might catch some heat on some of those picks because he's not, you know, he doesn't really care about what consensus says, um, which I respect a lot, you know, trust his process. Um, but, yeah, overall, I think it was a good it was a good mock. I think um, the more we look at this, I don't love the upside of this class, but – the reason I do like these second thirds and even maybe in fourths uh, this draft, if you can get them for cheap, is I don't think there's a ton of differential between some of these guys in the second and third round and even some of these guys in the first round. So, um, Michael, um, is there anyone in here that surprised you? Or you want to go back to? Uh, no, the only thing I want to say is I'm glad I came on the Dynasty Crossroads and didn't mention once you'll never hear that name on here i'm literally gonna edit that out like that player <laughs> that player does not exist <laughs> um who's tight end for like the thing i'm thinking about especially with tight end premium we've got three tight ends in the draft and they're the tight ends everyone already knows like this is the order yeah yeah i think honest honestly not to cut you off there i think it was sternberger like clear cut going into the combine and i i still think i'd put him there because i think his tape was good but i think dawson knox i think uh foster moreau definitely put some heat on him even a guy like um are you thinking of caleb wilson who's the correct answer no no not caleb wilson i kind of like caleb wilson <laughs> yeah i like him too he'd be my tight end for nah, i'm not a huge fan of caleb wilson well if jake doesn't like him he can't be the tight end for that's what i think no i wouldn't put him at tight end four but i think he's you know he's definitely a riser let me san diego state i believe it was i got san jose state that's josh oliver josh oliver mm-hmm. that's it san jose state i always get those messed up yeah he actually comes up pretty high for me too yeah my spork formula that i got from josh Holmesmeyer's sheet um the only two guys to score over 200 were hawkinson and fan so if you're looking for the athletic guys those uh, are also the two guys um spork being like discount backtracked spark x yeah for what for what it's worth um for my i do most of my analysis just with speed scores for tight end um because i find that that's the most indicative of potential ceiling for any any particular tight end and 
Caleb Wilson did uh, show up with a um, 86 percentile speed score. Uh, no one thought he was going to test that well. No one thought, you said? Nobody. Yeah. Wait or yeah. I'd adjust it, by the way. Let's wrap it up. Let's let Zinger get out of no. here. And let's... Oh, God. Zinger? This is what I deal with every, every Peter week. Peter like, needs to hit that three-hour mark. I have to be I have to be up in, like, five hours. But, like, Pete's just like, no, we, we, we talked an hour and a half before we started. We did an hour podcast that we're going to try to cut down to a half an hour. And now we should talk for at least 45 minutes. I was actually trying to think of a going-out question before we let Mike... Michael Zinger. Michael Zinger, that's what I'll call you from now on. Um, <laughs> on his way. And I was going to lead off with something like that. Who from this class is someone you don't want to leave a draft without? Is there someone like that in this draft for you? Yeah, I, I would honestly say um, I would be really disappointed if I didn't have any A.J. Brown um, across all my leagues. Uh, you know, I think he's a guy that could start slipping once the running backs get their landing spots and everyone goes gaga over the new philadelphia eagles or potentially (laughs) indianapolis colts running back or something along those lines um but you know i I think if you can if if i can walk away with a with a couple aj brown shares in in all my rookie drafts i'd be i'd be really happy well you certainly did in this one dude it was a good pick jake uh is it metcalf for you do i even have to ask (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I love DK, but it's it's also a guy that I'm not going to extremely overpay for. Probably, uh, it's probably a guy more like Alexander Madison that you can get in the third round that I really really like. Um, that I think compares pretty well to Kareem Hunt. That is basically free, and I didn't. <laughs> Damn right, you, you didn't. bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of Nikhil Harry, who I do want in every draft, and I'll get none of them because I also have no one ones There's actually uh, Keyshawn Johnson, Greg Dortch, and Andy Isabella. And I think I'm pretty confident I can get one or the other in every second round. I think um, you're going to get Dortch super late. Yeah, I think Dortch is going to be like a sixth round NFL pick, so fourth round probably rookie. Not in my draft, Zinger. Yeah, not today. <laughs> Bring it, Zinger. Bring that heat. I don't care. I get it. I get it. Whoever comes on here is on Jake's side. I'm just... That's what pisses me off is 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 actually, you know, Peter's taking a guy like Keyshawn. Would you take him? Early third, late second, somewhere around there where I, you know, for me, he was like a discounted Kelvin Harmon. So he was a guy that I'd be looking at, like, especially after the Combine. Like, I think you're going to be able to get him really late. Yeah, I took him at 205. 205, yeah. I think you're going to get him in the third round easy. Yeah, well, I'm not. I'm going to get him in the second round. Um, So, it's not going to matter. So, all right. um, Thanks for joining us here at the Crossroads this week. I'm off to trade into every draft that Jake is going to be a part of this year to make sure I get uh, Alexander Madison. I need a list of your drafts, actually. I probably should ask for that before I said what my mission was. But um, <laughs> uh, thanks for coming uh, here to the Crossroads with us. I had fun like I do every week. Um, Michael Zinger, as is now your name. Uh, thanks for joining. Yeah, let's us. let let's let Michael. Let's let Michael. I was gonna. Tell us I was gonna. Can, okay. I was I gonna. Didn't, I didn't know. It seemed like you were just gonna say goodbye and then be like, let, let Michael have an outro. You have here. no faith. 
I really don't. Well, there's for good for good damn reason too. Just because I haven't given you no reason to have any faith. In um, but yeah, Aww. Michael, um, thanks for joining us here at the Crossroads. Could you send us out on um, something about yourself and where everyone can find you? And when your new podcast is going to be starting with Jake. Yeah, I'm taking over your spot, clearly. I think Jake had a really good interaction with me, uh, giving all the DK Metcalf love today. But, uh, yeah, so you can you can find me um, mostly at uh, DynastyLeagueFootball.com. I write a lot of articles for them um, and FF Statistics. They're doing awesome stuff over at that website, too. So that's where I do most of my work. Um, but I also do a lot of stuff on my on my own time that I just post to my Twitter timeline. I like to share a lot of my findings about my data and all these random charts that don't have any actual fantasy meeting that I spend three hours on. Um, so yeah, if you have any questions about data analytics or um, anything that I'm doing on my timeline or in my articles, feel free to hit me up. Uh, my Twitter handle is at FFZinger. Um, and yeah, feel free to, to talk to me on there. Later. Bye. <laughs> I'm, I'm very shook right now. Wait, was that not your pick? Yeah! Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the play, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really yeah, know Yeah, no, I might just I be like really cryptic that. and take Picking Bryce Love with my next lanes, pick and just I not like talk that. about it. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight Back and forth, there is no order, they disorder more and more Because the players ain't no older, they some hoarders or some mortars Dropping bombs without no borders, they got that I like mortar Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds It's your world We're just drafting it Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds And also, secondly, why don't you like my Google sheets? You bastard I feel so satisfied right now You son of a bitch Oh super upset with Peter shut up right now Oh my gosh.